0: All right, if you would take your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 15 is where we pick up this morning as we continue our journey with Israel through the book of Exodus. Go to book or Exodus chapter 15. I will be there in just a moment. As you know, I mentioned it early in the year that I set a goal to read 52 books this year, and for some of you that's a lot. And you're telling, man, I can never read 52 books. Well, I'm gonna be hard-pressed to do it. It's a challenge. Some of you read so much more than that that 52 books is 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 nothing to you. The book I'm currently reading is called Until Unity by Francis Chan. And as I was reading it, and as I was, Kenny is also reading it at this time, so we were talking about it. I just want to read this one section out of this book. It's on pages 13 to 15. It's in the introduction. Just a small portion of it reads just like this. I'm quoting Be honest. How much time did you spend praising Jesus this morning? Asking for things does not count. Just reading a passage of Scripture does not count. I'm asking, how much time did you spend staring at Him? and telling him how amazing he is. We were God's enemy, destined to face his wrath. Let that sink in. Jesus was tortured on the cross to appease the wrath of God. Does that still move you? You are now reconciled with God and adopted as his child. How do we go a day without praising him for this? God now abides in you. Don't just give him a head nod. You need to marvel at this. You are breathing now because God is giving you breath. Use your next breath for its intended purpose. Bless him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. That's Psalm 103, verse one. We are commanded to rejoice in him always. There is capital nothing. There is nothing you have to do today that is more important than worshiping him. That's just the introduction. That challenged me because my answers to his questions were not too much and clearly not enough. I failed compared myself to Scripture, at praising God, as I should. So I want to ask you to stand with me. We're going to read in Genesis. Genesis. Exodus. Exodus. Did I say Exodus enough? Exodus chapter 15. I'm going to read in verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 of Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. It said, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord, And spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. I'm asking you to keep your scripture open, but you can have a seat. Look at verse 1. The first word there says, then. Well, then always leads us to believe after something that just happened. Well, what just occurred? What just happened? Well, if you recall, last week we talked about how God had parted the Red Sea and allowed his people to leave Egypt, and we talked about it on three different occasions. Scripture said, on dry ground. God had delivered his people. God had fought for his people. God had conquered the Egyptians. The people were now on their way to the promised land, on the path, on the basic training that God had directed them to be on, and God is leading them. We discussed last week that this miracle was so great and how it reveals God's character, and how it is displayed in how he cares for his people. So back to verse 1 in chapter 15 here, it says, Then, after all of that, so they're now on the other side of the Red Sea. They're all over there. The, The sea is closed back in. The Egyptians are gone. They're now over there. And then, then, it says the people sang a song to the Lord. They took time. All 2.5 million of them to recognize that God was awesome, powerful, perfect, holy, and so, so many other things. Scripture says that they praised the Lord. Actually, verses 1 through 18 of chapter 15 are a single song of praise to the Lord. I sat down earlier this week to really study these verses, and you're going, Jeff, I'm so glad that our pastor studies the scripture that he's going to preach. Now, but I really went hardcore here. I tried. I attempted to write down in verses 1 through 18 every statement that I believed was a praise to God. I counted 25 statements, and I'm sure I missed some. You can see my notes here. I love, every time I sit down with God's word, a pad, a pen, and I say, okay, God, show me. Oh my goodness. It's as if he opens up the floodgates of heaven and reveals himself as we're in his word. Now, I like to challenge you. Maybe you're going to go home today and you're going to read Exodus chapter 15, and you're going to grab a pen and a pad, and you're going to come up with 26 or 27 or 28. Listen, I would love for you to come back to me on Wednesday or call me or text me and say, Jeff, I was reading and studying God's Word and I found more than you did. I'm okay with that. Study God's Word. But 25 times there at minimum, God was praised. And this song of praise, verses 1 to 18, is actually broken into four distinct types of praise toward God. let me go ahead and give you an outline, a small outline, and it's going to be a quick outline, so if you're a note taker, I'll try to say it. I will say it like three times through this morning. But verses one through five, the scripture that we just read, we're praising God for God's victory. Said a different way, we're praising God for what he did, okay? What he did. In verses 6 through 10, we will read that together in just a few minutes. We are going to praise God for his weapons, or we're going to praise God for how he did it. What he did, how he did it, point one and point two. Point three, we're going to read verses 11 to 15, and we're going to talk about or praise God for his character or why he did it. And then in verses 16 to 18, we're gonna praise God for his promises or we're going to praise God for what he is yet to do. So did you catch that? What he did, how he did, why he did, and what he still is going to do. That's what these verses cover and that's a high level outline and I pray that you're going okay, I got all the notes I need, I'm done. Don't check out, God has a lot for you and me in the next few minutes. And so this morning, we're going to take a quick look at this song of praise to help teach us to praise God more and more and more and more. You see, church, He is worthy. So let's look at verses 1 through 5. We just read that together. God's victory, or praising God for what He did. Look at verse 1. He has triumphed. Gloriously, now I want you to see that word triumph has an ED on the end, which means they're looking back and saying God has done something. Verse 3 says, he is a man of war who fought for me. Again, the word fought is a has done thing for me. We read last week that God will fight. We talked about that in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and chapter 31. We talked about it in Exodus 14 verses 13 and 14. Moses said, you be still, the Lord will fight for you. Verse two, notice this transition. He is my strength and my song. Because of what he did, triumphed gloriously, fought for me, he has become my strength and song. Look at verse two, it also says, he has become my salvation. Did you notice the transition from things that were to things that now are? There's a growth there that they are praising him. And verse two says, Because of that, because of his triumph, because of his fighting for me, because he is my strength and my song, because he has become my salvation, verse 2 says simply, I will exalt him. Church, do you see that God has fought for you? Do you see that he has provided for you? Have you allowed God, I mean, have you really allowed God to become your strength? Is it your desire, because of all that he's done, to exalt him? And will you go beyond your desire to exalt him? And will you exalt him? He is worthy of praise because of what he has done, Amen. Well, let's take time to sing His praise. We ask you to stand, Zach.
1: Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste! Of glory divine Heir of salvation Purchase of God Born of his spirit Washed in his blood This is my story Oh, this is my song my Savior all the day long. Yeah, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. Thank you. You can be seated. Amen. God is worthy.
0: Amen. I love that song. All right. Hope you have your Bibles open. Let's read verses 6 through 10 together. Verses 6 through 10. Chapter 15 says, Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Now again, we talked about the first reason God is worthy to be praised based upon this song. And just imagine, two and a half people praising God on the beach because of what he's just done. Praising God for what he had done. But now we praise God for how he did it. Verse six says, your right hand has become glorious in power. You see, church, we've talked how God is leading Israel to his promised land but he is leading them and teaching them they are learning about God's power because for 400 years they've not experienced it. Notice that the word says they become. Become is a personal recognition that all of a sudden we go from not recognizing God's power to recognizing God's power. But I wanted to be very clear to each of us. You may have recognized God's power in your life already. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're going, I haven't got there yet. I don't recognize that yet. Regardless of your personal position, God is glorious in power. Always, God is glorious in power. Look at verse 6. It says, that right hand, just one extension of God's move, that right hand, Scripture says, dashed the enemies. Verse 7, look at this characteristic of God, the greatness of your excellence. Scripture teaches in verse 7, has overthrown the enemy, has sent forth wrath, has consumed them. No church, that just by the sheer excellence of God, just his characteristics of who he is, the enemies cannot stand. And look at verse 8, the blast of your nostrils, the breath of God. Notice what verse 8 says that happens when God breathed it so. It says the waters gathered, they stood upright, and they congealed. They were going through this on dry ground, and the water was standing at attention, not for the people, but because God said so. That's how he did it. A hand, his excellence, his sheer breath. These are but the beginning of the weapons of God that he has to provide for us and to protect us as we praise Him. Do you trust that God is
1: all-powerful,
0: all-knowing? Do you believe that God knows you, knows your enemy, and knows how to fight for you and how to bring you through whatever you're facing? That knowledge that God is glorious in power, has it become absolutely real? In your heart, you see when that knowledge of God's power, how He acts, becomes real in your heart. It will lead to praise. Amen. Amen. Church, let's stand.
1: You're worthy of every song could ever see worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you oh we live for you In jesus name above every other name jesus the only one who could ever see you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you oh we live for you sing holy and holy there is no one like you there is none beside Heart and leave me. Sure.
0: Yes, church, God is worthy to be praised because of what he did. God is worthy to be praised because of how he did it. By now, I think you're getting ready to figure out what's going on, right? Let's read verses 11 to 15. It says, "'Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? "'Who is like you, glorious in holiness, "'fearful in praises, doing wonders? "'You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them.' You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. God's character, praising God for why he did it. You see, we, we see many traits or characteristics of God in these verses. Verse 11 says, who is like you? Now, church, here's the easy answer. No one. There is no one like God. There is nothing that will remotely even come close to who God is. Verse 11 goes on to say that you are gloriously holy, fearful in praise, doing wonders. And don't they know it? They just came through the Red Sea on dry ground. Verse 13 says, in your mercy. You know what mercy is? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. God withheld what was deserved and gave something else. You have redeemed your people, verse 13 says. You have bought them back. They were a slave to Egypt, and now they're free and we.'" We were a slave to sin, and if you know Jesus as your Savior, you are free because of God's redemption. Verse 13 says that God guides you. Verse 13, that you brought us where you promised. They're saying, God, you've done everything you said you were going to do up to this point. Verse 14 talks about the echo of God what God working and being this way and the praises of his people mean in places they will be one day. It says that the enemy will just hear about you, God, and they will melt. You know, God has a purpose in everything he does. And that purpose is twofold, to show forth his character and to bring glory to himself. He is motivated By his love to show forth his character and to bring glory to himself, he's motivated to do that because of his unfathomable love for you. Do you see the characteristics of God displayed in your life? Do you praise God for his mercy, for his redemption, his guidance, his wonders that he has worked on your behalf? or for having a destination in mind that he's leading you to. God is worthy to be praised and praised and praised simply for who he is. Zach, let's sing. Let's stand, church.
1: Here we go, my Jesus. Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days I want to praise the wonders of Bow down Compares. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Yeah, nothing compares to the promise I have in you. Thank you. You see that.
0: God is worthy to be praised because of what he did, because of how he did it because of why he did it. And now let's read these last three verses together, verses 16 to 18. We see yet another reason to praise God. It says, fear and dread will fall on them. By the greatness of your arm, they will be as still as a stone till your people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance in the place, O Lord, which you have made. For your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. God is worthy of praise because of what he is yet to do, what he still has promised that he will do. Verse 16 says, God, you're going to do this until your people pass over. What that says is, God, we're not there yet, and you're always going to keep working. God has plans that are going on beyond this moment. Philippians chapter one, verse six says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God's kicked off a plan and he's not gonna stop carving that plan in and through your life. He just will not stop, amen? He is worthy to be praised. Verse 17 says that you will bring them in to the place that you have made. You will plant them in your own dwelling. We shall be with you in your sanctuary. Verse 18 says, forever and ever. And then in my notes, I said, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. Amen. God has promised to bring us where he is. He has promised to complete his plans. His character and his love binds him to us. He is bound to do all that he says. He will be faithful. Praise will help us grasp more fully God's commitment to his plans for us. You see, God is worthy to be praised. Church, let's stand one more time.
1: In our lungs So we pour out our praise We pour out our praise It's your breath In our lungs So we pour out our praise To you only All the earth We'll shout your praise Our hearts will cry these bones will sing. Great are You, Lord. Oh, and all the earth will shout Your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Yeah, great. See it the red
0: reasons of praising God, why would we not spend countless moments praising Him? You know, that's a good question. I hope you still have your scripture up because we're not done. God has something more He wants to tell us. Let me read verses 22 to 27. Exodus 15, picking up verse 22, said, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur." And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water now when they had come to mara they could not drink the waters from of mara for they were bitter therefore the name of it was called mara and the people complained against moses saying what shall we drink so he cried out to the lord and the lord showed him a tree and when he cast it into the waters the waters were made sweet there he made a statute and an ordinance for them and he tested them Church catches. he tested them and he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees, and so they camped there by the waters. Church, let me give you a summary. They traveled three days from this Praise fest on the beach into the wilderness, and they found no water. Now, that is a problem. You see, without water, there is no sustained life. And the water that they did find, they couldn't drink it, scripture says, because it was bitter. In verse 24 the people complained. Church, don't miss this. Church, don't miss this. Three days past the greatest miracle and display of godly power that God had ever shown them. Three days against an enemy more powerful and a sea that was uncrossable. Three days after being delivered by God, three days after having a praise festival by the sea, the people complained. Verse 25 said that God made the waters sweet. God provided said that he tested them. He knew what he was doing. He knew where he was taking them. He knew what they were going to find. And in that moment, he wanted them to trust him. And scripture says in verse 25, they complain. Why not in that moment just trust God? That God that they had just praised, why not trust him? I have a potential answer. I'm not asking you to turn there, but I'm asking you, if you're a note taker, to write it down. Psalm 106. Let me read verses 10 to 13. Psalm 106, verse 10, says this. And he saved them from the hand of of him who hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then they believed his words. They sang praises to him. Verse 13. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. Those words should cut at our hearts. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait upon the Lord. They forgot the most important thing. You see, I believe that had they praised God every day, left the beach, praising God on day one, praising God on day two, praising God on day three, that they would have likely gotten to this situation and said, I can't wait to see what God's going to do to fix this. I can't wait to see this all loving, all powerful, all protective God. Take care of this for me. This is another way for God to reveal his power and his love and his faithfulness. And church, I was so challenged because I forget. I forget to praise Him. So let me ask you these questions as we prepare to close. Will you praise God daily for victory? For His weapons on your behalf? For His character and for what He is yet to do? Or church? Will you soon forget? You see, we find that we do whatever it is we choose to do. Do you want to remember? Or do you want to forget? And I believe that praise is the answer. Things we forget, we do not remember. And you're going, Jeff, that is not very revealing. That's just a simple truth. Things we forget, we do not remember. And things we remember, we never forget. And when we praise God, we are remembering him and all that he's ever done and why he's ever done it and how he's done it and we are remembering him for what he is going to do. God is worthy of our praise, amen?